This is episode 153 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled, Food F-Ups at Work. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work, where we talk about work, working, and how to make work better. If it's work-related, we're on it. Who knew talking about work would be this much fun? I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and host of the show. And thank you for joining our quest to improve our workplaces. Let's do this. It's time for another F-Ups at Work episode. We've done several of these, so you know how funny I find them. And today we're going to focus on food-related ones, uh, which seem to really tickle my funny bone. I thought I would die laughing yesterday when I was uh, collecting these. There must be something kind of wrong with me, although you probably already know that, that I just love hearing about how badly things can go at work. I do try and add a serious element here and there about training, because often I think these F-ups are a result of pretty poor training. And then also, it's often interesting to look at what the reaction of management was to certain F-ups. And often I'm really touched by how compassionate managers are and how they recognize how A screw-up at work might not have been the fault of the employee, but instead of a lack of training or safeguards or policies and so forth. It's not always all fun and games uh, because you and I know we're just trying to have some fun here at the beginning of a holiday weekend where we get to celebrate our, quote, freedoms during a pandemic. I'm going to make a quick plug here for uh, Reddit. I get a lot of my stories from Reddit, although I'm not usually on that uh, website. And I just have to comment on how often posters and commenters are really kind to each other, especially when they're talking about uh, F-ups. For some reason, I think Reddit users often are really funny, have a great sense of humor, very witty, uh, but also are really compassionate to each other when they have a a story to tell. Sometimes, you know, there'll be a bit of criticism if the story wasn't very clear or if it didn't really seem like that big of a deal. But usually, actually, people are pretty nice to each other, and that's uh, refreshing. Okay, so first up, we have a couple of ice cream stories. Uh, The first one is from a guy who says he used to work at Bluebell Creameries in Alabama. He said, cream and sugar are stored in huge swimming pool-sized tanks, about 25 of them in the whole factory, and it was his job to clean the tanks after they're drained Uh, for ice cream production. So he'd remove the tasting valve, that sounds kind of enticing, Uh, scrub the door, and then hook it up to a cleaning line as opposed to the cream line. Obviously, to do this, he has to wait until the tank is empty. Otherwise, he says, I'd be opening a golf ball-sized hole in the bottom of a multi-thousand-gallon tank of ice cream. Well, he says, can you guess what happened next? I got to a tank I was informed was empty and proceeded to take out the tasting valve. Slowly, I unscrewed the ring that kept it attached. 
ice cream leaked out, which it usually does because there's a residual bit of it left in there after running the tank. More ice cream flowed, and it was obvious there was more behind it, but it was flowing too much for me to screw uh, back on the valve. The pressure increased and shot the valve off and pushed me to the floor. He says it took six grown men to put it back on, but not before he lost $10,000 in ice cream. You'd think there might be some kind of indicator on there about whether or not it's full or not. Surely with that much pressure, there should be a way to detect that, right? I mean, I'm just a finance person, but I would think so. This story actually reminded me of a scene in the movie The Stuntman, uh, where the new stuntman tells a story about getting into trouble with gallons of ice cream in a previous life, and he reenacts this this crazy scene with gallons of paint. And of course, I think it's just hilarious, as well as I just love that movie. I also really like food fight scenes, like the one in Travis's music video for the song Sing. So just so you know, these things, uh, these things are really funny. Here's a chicken story for you. It, it starts out mildly enough. A guy posted, I overestimated and cooked too much chicken for our dinner rush at KFC. And then he says, buy 400 pieces. And so commenters were like, well, like how far off were you? Like, what's the ratio? You know, Reddit readers want to know. Uh, he responded and said, it was years ago, but I remember my manager asking me what I was thinking, cooking more chicken than we sell in a whole weekend. And it was on a, a weekday night that he did this. He said, I honestly don't know what came over me. I think I just decided that I'd cook all the chicken up front so I could get a head start on cleaning. Made sense to 16-year-old me. And so here's where we learn that the guy is only 16, right? And I do have to say, when I read these stories, I'm always just amazed at the level of responsibility that we give to really life-inexperienced people particularly in fast food places. And then, you know, often they're supervised by also super young people, which just strikes me as a recipe for disaster. Recipe, get it? Okay. Uh, So some other commenters said that that is a problem at KFC because each time you uh, cook chicken, there's a big cleaning process you have to go through. And sometimes the managers will ask the cooks to cook just a small amount of chicken. So it does sound as though this is kind of an issue at KFC. Anyway, our original poster went on to say that uh, his manager told me he had to eat all of the leftover chicken that night or else. And he says, turns out he was just pissed slash joking but my whole crew had to stay late and debone chicken for a couple of hours to use in pot pies and barbecue sandwiches. I felt so bad. I really thought he was going to fire me, but he was a really good guy and gave me another chance. He said, oh, it was eight pieces per bird, so it was about 50 chickens too much. He said, okay, now I feel bad again. Next up are two hot potato stories. Uh, The first one says she it wasn't an F up per se, but when she worked at McDonald's nearly 20 years ago, some customer in the drive-thru threw a chocolate shake at me, yelling that he'd ordered strawberry. I instinctively caught it and threw it back, hitting him in the face, ow, and getting chocolate shake all over the interior of his BMW. 
if my general manager wasn't standing damn near right next to me as it happened, I probably would have been fired. And another person said that uh, they had a lady throw a large tea at her, and through instinct, she smacked it back, and it flew back into her car and busted all over her. As she said, my manager laughed in her face when she tried to get me fired. Crazy stories. Watch out in the drive through And here's a third hot potato story, though slightly different. This poster said, I work in food service. My only big screw-up was blowing up a potato in a microwave. A co-worker told me to leave it in there for 10 minutes, and I left it unattended. My boss found the microwave spewing black smoke, and the whole place smelled like something was on fire, but everyone was able to laugh it off. All right, thanks a lot, co-worker. Another person says they dropped a pallet with 120 trays of strawberries. Here's a wag says, okay, I'm going to ask you something and I want you to be honest. What is a pallet? Which turns out to be a quote from The Office by Michael, Spot, Michael Scott. Of course it is. So here's a little teaser for you. Our, we are planning to do some episodes about shows that take place at work. And of course, The Office is on our list. I can't wait to do that. Okay, back to less serious business. Uh, Somebody else says that they did the same thing, dropped a pallet, but with raspberries. And somebody else said they did the same uh, with blueberries, though not quite as many. He said, but damn, they do go everywhere. And, of course, lots of jokes about making jam. Another person said, used to temp in a liquor warehouse. My F-up will make you feel better about your F-up. I had a pallet of vintages go off the rollers into another pallet of vintages. Only six bottles survived, and I did over $25,000 worth of damage. And we do have a bunch of grocery store stories. Here's one. This person worked in a local supermarket when he was around 19 years old. He said they were going to have a potato sale, (laughs) and he was told to order three carts of potatoes, but instead he ordered by accident 30 carts. He was off the next day, but he got this super mad phone call from his boss because how on earth were they going to sell all those bags of potatoes? And then he said by the end of the next week, his manager actually gave him a bottle of champagne because it turned out to be very profitable because the district distribution center ran out of potatoes, but the grocery store still had them, and so they ended up selling all of their potatoes. And of course, people couldn't resist pointing out that, of course, the distribution center would uh, run out of potatoes after he'd ordered them all. Another story from uh, baking. I left an entire rack of cheesecakes in the oven for over an hour longer than needed, Uh, My manager was not very happy to lose 48 sale sale units to the trash can. And then the original poster says, it was my first write-up. Another one here, it's a terrible image. This guy says he crashed a garbage truck into an apartment building, and the full can of garbage that he was trying to pick up went off the end and fell down into the underground garage, which was full of uh, expensive cars. Again, you wonder if uh, there might be some ways of uh, keeping that from happening. Oh, and this person says, surprisingly, I never had any major F-ups at my last job. The worst was when I was filling a barrel of cheese sauce Ugh. and got distracted trying to show someone how to put liners in the barrels. Looked back, and there was about 
50 pounds of cheese sauce flowing out of the top of the barrel and running over the sides. He says we were able to clean it up pretty quickly. But the worst he saw while working there was, and he said this happened multiple times, was when the operators for the mixing areas would forget to put the cap on the bottom of the mixing tanks. And when they'd send it over to the packing areas, it would dump out all on the floor. 3,000 to 5,000 pounds of product goes straight down the drain. Not only do they lose all that product, but they have to pay a fine to the city for dumping thousands of pounds of foodstuff in the water. And here we go again, multiple times. Really? You can't find a way to keep this from happening. Here's one about a guy who was working in a food service place, and he didn't realize it, but his district manager was visiting and tried to pay for his hot dog with a $100 bill. The poster said the bill seemed sketchy from the start. It had a bunch of weird rips on it and some seams on the bill. And so he refused it and turned him away and went on to another customer. And the district manager went upstairs and tried to get him fired. But he says his department manager stepped in and backed him up. And he says, I still don't know if that bill was legit or not. Interesting. Another story, a friend's husband was driving a forklift at work and took a corner too quickly, resulting in a lot of shelving falling. Uh, Best thing was it was the flower aisle, so it ended up snowing inside the warehouse and took several hours to clean. Can you imagine trying to clean up flour? He said, I don't think he was very popular with his coworkers that day. When he came home, his work overalls were pure white. Here's one that taps into my own OCD. He said he was in his first job ever as a teenager was at a smoothie bar, and he loaded up an absolute monolith of a smoothie, placed it on the blending cradle, and turned on full power. I forgot to put the lid on. Sprayed purple smoothie chunks all over myself, two co-workers and several customers. And the reason this taps into my own OCD is because when I first taught my children how to use a blender, I like drilled it into their heads that every, every, every time they turned on the blender, they had to check and check and check and make sure that the lid is on. I think to this day, they're still traumatized to when they use the blender to make sure the lid is on. Another one uh, from a person who worked at a pizza place. A busy Friday night as usual, the pizza makers ran out of pineapple, so we went to go grab a new tin from the back. There were maybe around 10 tins stacked on top of each other, so, you know, in restaurant work, these tins are huge. I said it was the supply for the foreseeable future. He tried to tug one out, but it wasn't budging, um, so he really yanked on it. And then he said, watched my life flash as all ten tins somehow crashed to the floor, pineapple effing everywhere. I'm soaking wet, at least $400 worth of product, plus nobody being able to buy any pizza with pineapple on it for the rest of the weekend. Whoops. And some commenter says that it was a good thing nobody could buy pizza with pineapple on it for the rest of the weekend. He said at least something positive came out of it. Some stories here about ranch dressing. And now some people claim, my children would be included, that uh, ranch is one of America's greatest inventions. So the first post starts out, spilled ranch in the walk-in cooler. And somebody else said, hey, look, you spend any time in a kitchen and you realize the job description is really disaster management. It couldn't have been that bad. 
And somebody says, oh, I'm not so sure. My brother and I worked a lot in the same restaurant when we were younger. And this restaurant sold wings, so they used a lot of ranch. So much for the days when we used hot sauce. Uh, He said like five-gallon buckets of ranch, if you can picture that in your mind. He said portioning them into tiny cups was hell, right? Crazy. And since people always ask for extra ranch anyway, you may as well just put them in larger cups. But I'm sure somebody at a higher level is making that decision, right? Not the poor people who are trying to fill the stupid little cups. Anyway, he says, my brother was in the walk-in, put the ranch bucket on the shelf, and turned to leave. The ranch bucket wasn't set right, and it dumped probably about three gallons of ranch all over him in the walk-in. He said, I'm pretty sure the smell of ranch still makes him cringe. And somebody says, ha ha, that's horrible. I completely agree. Pouring it into the tiny cups is the worst. Another ranch story for you. You wonder, you can make a whole episode of ranch stories. I used to work at Denny's, typically the graveyard shift. So one of the closing jobs I had to do was make two containers of ranch. Now these containers were big, probably two or three gallons. So one night I'd almost finished preparing the ranch and I had to step away. I placed the lid on the container but not fully shut. When I came back to move the gallons of ranch, I grabbed slowly by the lid, why, he says, and plop. The container dropped to the floor and ranch went flying everywhere. It drenched me so bad. He said, I had an all-white uniform now. It got on several customers, basically the entire food prep area and all the food that was waiting to be delivered. He said, I gave my busboy literally all the tips I'd made that night and then went to the back freezer and cried like a little baby for the rest of my shift. Aww. This one's kind of a strange story, actually. I was relatively new at my grocery store cashier job, and some old guy was trying to buy a bottle of alcohol. I forget what kind, but it was in the range of 50 bucks. All he had was his credit card. Well, he kept having trouble with the card reader, and I tried to walk him through the questions it asked on the screen, like cash back amount and pin, but he almost insistently, it seemed to me, messed up the answers every time. Yeah, like maybe he was drunk. Anyway... Or perhaps he kept mixing up which key on the keypad was the confirmation button. The details escaped me. was new and frustrated and kind of panicked since the man seemed to be getting frustrated too and there was a long line forming. So I pulled my own wallet from my pocket and paid for this single expensive bottle of alcohol with cold hard cash. When it came time for break, I told a manager what had happened just to vent my feelings of frustration, and he starts chuckling. He says, do you realize this means you technically bought alcohol on the clock, even if it was for someone else? The poster says, I can't imagine how pale I went in that moment. I was over 21 at the time, but employees can only purchase alcohol when they're not on company time. Yeah, even if it's for someone else. Rules is rules. He said, I was sure my, uh, you know, what was on the line. Thankfully, this manager of mine was extremely understanding and just laughed it off, but not without telling me to call a manager next time I needed help. Even if just to explain anything, I couldn't put into words myself. And I just have to pause here to say what a kind approach to take to recognize how discombobulated the cashier was and to remind him to call a manager, but but also to explain that sometimes that can be helpful just in terms of communication with the customer. And really, you know, very sensitive and very thoughtful. 
Uh, this person says he blacked out after taking too much Xanax and drove a forklift into a $2,000 table and then started yelling at the manager for putting the table in such a dumb spot. He said, I no longer work there or take Xanax anymore. There are a couple of stories here about people getting into trouble at work because they're high or something. And I just have to comment here uh, for everyone. If you do drugs when you go to work, the bad things may happen. So another one says, I do night stalking. I didn't check with my manager before leaving and accidentally left an entire aisle filled with product all strewn about. I actually feel as though I've gone to a grocery store where something like that has happened and you just kind of look around like, hmm, okay, all's not quite right with the world today. Something definitely happened in this grocery store. But when you're in the midst of a pandemic, you, you put up with things like that, right? This one says, on the last day of work at a tea shop... I replaced a plug on the wall to charge my iPhone and totally forgot about it. Got a call from my supervisor the next morning bawling on the phone. She thought somebody tried to sabotage the store by unplugging the freezer, causing weeks of ingredients to go bad. I have to make a couple comments here. Okay, so we try not to hire people who are dumb enough to unplug a freezer in order to charge their iPhone And yeah, this poor supervisor who immediately thinks of sabotage, instead maybe she should just think of stupidity. That's kind of an interesting story. Somebody had set a five-tier wedding cake on a table instead of a stand like they're supposed to. That much cake is extremely heavy, and you have to put it on a stand so you can get your fingers under the drum to lift it you're picturing this. Well, since there was no way to lift it straight up, I had to slide it to the edge of the table to get a hand underneath. Uh Uh-oh. While sliding it, my left hand slipped and my entire fist went into the bottom tier of the cake. This person says, I was just a baby decorator at the time and had no idea how to fix it. I could feel the tears welling up in my eyes as I frantically washed all the muck off my hand. Luckily, I have some skilled co-workers who patched it up flawlessly. You have to wonder exactly how they patched it. Like, maybe they just filled everything with uh, whipped cream there, but is that really a uh, flawless patch? You wonder what the happy couple thought when they reached the bottom tier and saw what had happened there. And then a final story for you here. At the Chipotle I worked at, they stored the pre-prepared margaritas in the same containers as the regular lime juice. He says, refilled the lime juice on the line used for making rice and guacamole and went about my business. <laughs> so as you can imagine what happened, that it turns out they served a bunch of people uh, spiked rice and guacamole before anybody noticed. He says, my bad. Maybe he might have had some pretty happy customers there too. All right, that's the end of my stories for today. There are always lots more of these and I really enjoy them and I hope that you did too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, the pandemic isn't really over, but it seems as though we've moved into a different phase where our lives have a bit more normalcy. As a result, we're adjusting the format of the show back to fewer, more lengthy episodes airing on Tuesday and Friday and sometimes on Sunday, since those Sunday literary episodes have been very popular. Speaking of which, our downloads have exploded during the pandemic, so thank you for your patronage. 
If you like what we do, you can support the show through our Patreon page. Another way to support us, which doesn't cost anything, is to follow us or like us on Podomatic.com, and that will help us increase our visibility. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a comment about who you are, what you like, or if you have a comment about the show. And finally, I also run a professional training company for people who want to advance in their careers with courses on communication skills, executive presence, and accent reduction. You can find out more at discreteguide.com, D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T-G-U-I-D-E. Please take care and let's talk again soon.